0: Lock Talk Radio Welcome to your favorite drive-in theater and a sparkling new season. Watch our screen and local newspapers for all the fine shows coming this way. Show after show will feature the latest hits,
1: the biggest stars for fun-filled, pleasure-packed evenings. Relax, come as you are, and spend an enjoyable night out with the entire family. No parking problems, no babysitting problems. And there are always tasty snacks at our modern refreshment stand. Thanks, folks. And once again, welcome back. On Saturday, six members of the gang known as Street Thunder were ambushed by the police. On Sunday, the warlords of Street Thunder swore a blood oath to avenge their dead. Assault on Precinct 13. It's war in the streets. It's terror in the night. It's the most shattering assault on a police station in history. Assault on Precinct 13. Rated R. Under 17. Not
0: admitted without parent. 22. 21. The fate of the
1: world was decided that day. Nine minutes before countdown. Nine minutes.
0: See The Day the Earth Caught Fire. The most astounding motion picture in years. It's the unbelievable come true. The incredible become real.
1: The impossible become fact. The Day the Earth Caught Fire.
2: They floated like giants
1: in the dark mystery of time and space. Unholy overlords with their fiendish, diabolical mind machine... Fantastic Invasion of Planet Earth, a mind-bending voyage in 3-D. Fantastic Invasion of Planet Earth, a thrilling science fiction adventure in widescreen 3-D space vision. Fantastic Invasion of Planet Earth, rated PG. Don't miss it.
0: Guess what? Guess what would taste good right now to everyone in the car? Candy. We've got your favorite kind
1: at the concession stand.
0: Come on down and pick out the kinds you want to enjoy during the rest of the show. Be sure to get plenty because everyone likes candy and our big variety is chosen to please everybody's taste.
1: Here is what the noted author and naturalist has to say about Alice Cooper's latest movie. Ever read
0: a movie? Many parks are edible. I call Good to See You Again, Alice Cooper, my back-to-nature movie. It's natural, a good taste reminds me of wild hickory nuts. See some rather unnatural acts in Good to See You Again, Alice Cooper, the film that
1: outgrosses them all, rated BG.
0: And that's now showing exclusively at the Center One Theater downtown. There are mountaineers every day. Hello. <laughs> We are
1: about to witness the takeoff of the first manned rocket to outer space. We pick up the count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. We're off to visit the planet. There are treats galore in the stars. Venus is loaded with candy.
0: And ice cream is found upon Mars. The soda isn't on Saturn. When you're thirsty, it's sure it's a spot. And Jupiter's really jumping. The on is buttered and hot. Butter but the best of them all is the planet. Where all of these treats are at hand. That
1: is the we now head for, a theater refreshment stand. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second Night of Ween as we talk, as I watch trailer trauma. Yes, back in the days, that was the way we would do that. I come from a generation where we would say to each other, "Well, I could have watched that movie, but the trailer was crap, so I didn't." So we're about to watch. So you're about to watch with me. Well, listen in as I watch two hours of some of the most obscure and weirdest trailers you can get. So join me and my co-host, Princess, right here as usual. She won't let me go anywhere without her. It's like a handcuff thing. And here we go, and we'll get it set up. i got it set up at two seconds after the menu. Well, here we go in five, four, three, two, one, go. We have the intro to it. And this compilation was put together by Garage House Pictures, which is having a great garagepictures.com. was having a great Halloween sale at the time of recording this. And a lot of their stuff, including his trailer, trauma is about sold out. And ever since Grindhouse come out, this Canadian uh, ratings card has been almost everything. Well, it ain't Grindhouse unless it has that damn little tiger in it. Well, it is cool. This is the following film is restricted, and here we go with the first trailer. Let me down to sleep. Let me get the light on here so I can keep up with the listing here. Oh, deathbed—the bed that eats. The most goofy mix of art film and horror you'll ever see. This is a film done on heroin. This is a bizarre piece of crap you all probably know. Death's bed, the bed that eat. And this is The Hex Massacre and Lucifer's Curse. Uh, this is a mix between Escape 2000, the Italian Omen ripoff with uh, Kirk Douglas, and, of course, one of my all-time favorites, which is, Who Can Kill a Child? If you haven't seen that yet, then y'all should just go to hell and die. And I love it, because in this trailer, they're using little bits of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in it. I love it. But anyway, you get to see Who Can Kill a Child or Que Pidar Un Matar. Un Nino, you need to see it, I'm the Chosen, yeah. And this is the one that the only mummy gore film ever made, made by an Egyptian, Dawn of the Mummy. The movie itself is okay, but it has one of the most amazing freaking themes there is. And I don't know if they show it in this trailer, but the mummy itself is just cool when it actually gets to kill people in the last 20 minutes of the movie. The other 80 minutes of this 90-minute movie is just them goofing around and them breaking in and the guy in the gay scarf and them dying of poison or the mummy just killing them after like 40 minutes because he's tired of waiting for the movie to start. This movie should have been a lot better than it is, but it's still a hell of a lot of fun. The only cross between zombie, Don, George Romero's Dawn of the Dead, and a mummy film. Dawn of the Mummy. And it is cool when the mummies, mummy slash monsters appear. Because they got some great makeups on them. But otherwise, this is a movie, it's 90 minutes. It should have been a hell of a lot more better than it is, but I do love that music. It has a great theme. Just look up Dawn's the Mummy theme on YouTube, and you'll get like the best part of this damn movie, unless you just like gore, and it's got some good gore once it kicks in the gear. And the trailer still. This is one of those longer trailers. See, listen. If you're watching, if you're watching or watching the trailer down the mummy, just right here is the best scene in the movie, and they ruin it when he goes into there and the mummies are eating his wife. This scene right here is the fucking climax of the movie. So they're showing the end of the movie because they're like, sorry, we didn't put anything good before this, so we're going to show you the best part of the movie because you have to show the best part of the movie to sell the movie, even if it is the last of the damnable movie. And the plot of the movie is Bimbo Playboy Playmates go over to Egypt
0: to do
1: a photo shoot, and then they end up having to blow up mummies. And moving on, we're on Dark Sunday. This is one of the more obscure ones, because I don't know what the hell this one is. Oh, this is another one of those killer preacher movies. Oh, this is one of those 70s revenge type films where they shoot the preacher, then he goes drunk and he goes out and kills them. Kills a lot of motherfuckers. Another Death Wish ripoff was... Most of the Death Wish ripoffs had a nastier vibe to them. Especially the 70s ones. Then the 70s Death Wish. Like this one has a preacher getting killed by... Nearly getting killed by three scumbags. And then coming back... And then becoming an alcoholic psychopath that goes around killing bad guys... And I love where it's right there, it just showed him shooting a guy through the butthole in a porno magazine. And I love this this pimp guy right here. He's your stereotypical seventies pimp. And you can just tell by the coats and stuff that this was shot in Canada. I haven't seen this, but if anyone knows where I can get a copy of Dark Sunday, please kill me in where I could see it, because this looks like sleazerific 70s fun I'd like. And the motherfucker just don't know how to use a gun. Yeah! Oh, shit, hot coffee in the face. Just a 70s meanness all the damn way. Damn, Dark Sunday. Lots of fights, lots of just pure meanness and beating the shit out of a motherfucker. Oh, God, a whole giant pot of hot coffee in someone's face. This movie has a hot coffee to the face fetish. And a 44 Magnum fetish too, because well, if you watch Dirty Harry, the 44 Magnum is the most powerful handgun in the world. Dark Sunday, it should have been a love story. <laughs> Sunday. A love story. Oh, Sunday in the country, I've seen this one. If you haven't seen or heard in this one. My God, you need to track this one down. Ernest Borgnine as if as a nice guy, in quotes,
0: whose
1: farm gets invaded by Michael G. Pollard and two other uh, thieves. It's like what if the three killers from Last House on the Left? turned into, ran into the psychotic farmer backwoods hillbillies from Deliverance. It's a nasty, mean, sleazy little fucking film. And if you love nasty, sleazy little fucking films, see Sunday in the Country. God, it made me want to take a shower afterwards, if that's recommendation enough. And moving on. Oh, God, no, don't open the Christmas. Don't open the Christmas. Don't open after Christmas. Just don't watch this piece of shit movie. There's only one good, crazy, insane scene in this movie. And this is about a motherfucker that kills Santa Claus. And this is three movies in one. Edward Perdome directed the first third of the movie. Then he said, fuck this shit. ...and quit... ...so... ...we had the second third directed by someone else... ...that just wrote out Edward Perdome's character... ...and then for some reason Edward Perdome's come back... ...and... ...boom... ...we got the third third... ...and Carolyn Monroe's in this... ...and I asked her at the convention once... ...what do you remember about Don't Open Till Christmas... ...her first question to me was... ...I was in that movie... All I know is I came in and did a musical scene and left. That should show you how piecemeal this movie is. This is a British film about some crazy guy going around killing Santa. And we know who it is from the first third, but because Edward Perdome left, the second third, he isn't the killer. And then we got to go back to the third third, the third uh, section of the movie, where he is. The fucking killer again. And then we have one of the most bizarre fucking endings you have ever seen in a movie. If you think, if this sounds good to you, then see it. But for everyone else, just run the fuck away. Run away. Don't open this ever. Savage Weekend. What This is the movie where you get to see uh, William Sanderson from Newhart as is a is a demented redneck who brands the word whore into somebody by branding two Vs together. David Gale is a backwoods redneck and with a gay guy whose fetish is going into straight bars and riling up straight men and beating the living shit out of them. It is more fun than it should be, especially when the gay guy goes into the bar and starts beating the shit out of the straight guys for no reason other than they're straight. And right now we're seeing William Sanderson run in and stomping the shit out of this guy for no reason. Well, there is a reason, but you'd have to watch the movie to see. And here's the scene right now of the straight guy going into the theater with the gay the gay guy going into the straight barn and just beating the shit. And of course David Gale is as good as ever. Oh I forgot. He's no, he scratches the word whore inner with two sideways Ts. So it looks like a sidewards um a sideways I instead of an H. This is your base. This is not your basic backwoods yoko horror film because it goes into such insane directions. You don't know what the fuck is going on. And of course, we got a chainsaw and boobies and someone running through the grass and the chainsaw again. It's a savage weekend. An agglomeration of like four or five different fucking types of horror films. It just turns out great. Needle. And yes, for some reason they have her almost seduce the gay guy. Why? I don't fucking know. It's Savage Weekend. Watch it if you like weird shit. Available on VinegarSyndrome.com. Aquarius releasing Mean Frank and Crazy Tony, a uh, spaghetti, a uh, polizia from the mid 70s with Lee Van Cleef and Tony LaBianco. What you wouldn't know by this trailer is that it's a comedy. But this one portrays it as a very brutal, nasty action film with someone getting a drill to the back of the neck and all sorts of nasty, violent shit. This movie has a violent drill fetish. See, even the trailer right there shows a damn drill. Frank and Crazy Tony. Only way you get a hint that this might be a comedy is any scene with Tony Labianco. is about a mobster who basically breaks out of jail and decides he's going to take everyone down with him so he gives up the files that shows everything and of course Edward Edward Finch that's all you need to say I mean, look at this. You would think this is another nasty, brutal Italian action film, when actually this is kind of a goofy-ass little comedy. With Tony Bianco doing most of the goofy comedy, and Lee Van Cleef is the straight man...
0: See, look at the
1: goofy look on Lobianco's eyes right there. Oh golly God, he's a rail killer. Now you're in the soup. Like I said, let's focus on all the violence of the movie and none of the comedy so people will be pissed off when they see it and how goofy a comedy it really is. See the whole cutting the car in half and driving it there's a hint of how goofy the comedy is in this movie. Oop Just look at the way lobby uncles are Man, you are Superman! And they got a John Rufford in the freezer. And the stunts. This is more a Trinity movie than it is a Rome arm to the streets. To take on the mob. And the, but it still is fun, and you can get it on pretty much a lot of the public domain sets. I don't know if it's got a legitimate DVD release over here yet, but. And it's got a great Ritz Ort- Ortolani score, too. And it's banned by Dino DeLurientis. And again, there's that freaking drill. Oh, God, here may be one. There have been horrible hor- slasher comedies come and slasher homicor- horror comedies go. And this, and then there's Wacko. About a killer that kills people with lawnmowers. This. is a piece of shit. I mean, it's a utter piece of shit. The only thing is, is this introduces Andrew Dice Clay. Andrew Clay as he's building this movie and his first movie. And Joe Don Baker getting to play as drunk as he usually was back then.
0: <laughs> Your daughter is going to die tonight. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: like it, I don't know what's wrong with you. This is the worst, probably one of the worst, if not the worst, of the slasher parodies. It's bad. And they gotta follow one shitty horror parody with another one. The Hudson Brothers in Da,
0: da da da
2: da
1: hysterical which this goddamn bloody sure isn't. I remember watching the Hudson Brothers. This is a Hanna-Barbera thing. And this is bad. Franklin Ajay. I mean, this is bad. This is nothing but like third-grade fucking comedy with a bad exorcist parody. I liked it when I was 10 to 12 years old. That should say something. I mean, you got a Taxi Driver parody, a Friday 13th parody, a Dawn of the Dead parody, a Raiders of the Lost Ark parody, a Shining parody... This is one of those where they throw every bit of shit against the wall and hope something sticks, and it just don't. Even Richard Kill said this movie was a piece of shit when I asked him about it. Ah, one of my heroes and one of one of my favorite sleaze movies of all time, The Incredible Torture Show, better known as Sardou's House of the Screaming Virgins, better known as Blood. Fucking freaks. This is a litmus test. If you are any woke or sensitive, stay the hell away from this movie. This movie's going to piss you off. There's something in it to offend about everyone. But Samus O'Brien and the great Louis de Jesus Ralphus are just so fucking amazing. And the jokes in this movie are great, but can you stand a lot of S&M porn to get to it? Like someone drilling a hole, someone's blowing blowing bubbles in it, or shaving their head singing The Barbell of Seville. Or a cop whose first words to everybody is, fuck you, pay me. This is a scummy, beautiful masterwork. Thank you, Joel and Reed, for making such a beautiful piece of sleeves With an S&M ballet, naked women all over the place, Ralphus, the midget porn star, well, he became a porn star after this, Uh, uh, The the Incredible Torture Show, available on Blu-ray from Troma. Why? Why the fuck not? Uh Uh-oh, we're in Mondo Town now, boys and girls, with Mondo Magic. And right now we're showing, holy shit, I mean, Racism. Most of these Mondo films in the 70s, let's not bullshit each other. They were racist as hell. They were, look at them weirdos that aren't us in America do all this weird shit. Ah, yes, psychic surgery. just some amazingly racist shit.
2: This is one of
1: the nastier ones, Bondo Magic. This is the one where they started to really just get rid of the pretense of being a social thing and observing and just start wallowing in the shit. Even though it does have a little Uh, Yeah, (laughs) there's dicks everywhere, people. This is a nasty, racist piece of shit, not one of my favorite Mondo movies. This
0: is
1: when it started to cross the line into just pure sleaze. Mondo magic, reviled and disgusting back then and still just as nasty today. That image right there, someone getting cracked in the head, that really shows up what the movie's all about. And here is a movie that we've done on the show. A movie guaranteed to offend and piss off everyone. Moonskin. Ralph Bakshi's masterpiece of racial offensiveness. And he was just, Rubbing uh, rubbing your face in it, just like it's a big old pile of shit. Just getting you down and out. Yeah, look at this. This is how we are, motherfuckers. This doesn't sugarcoat a gosh darn thing. And I love the hell out of it. This is the kind of movie that they wouldn't make back today, and I'm kind of shocked they made back then. Oh, one of my favorite lines right here. He gets between her legs. Oh, she's got the clap. R-rated. So it's supposed to be the drastically cut. Oh, and here's another bizarre. Whatever you think of James Toback nowadays, Fingers is a dark, nasty little film. Which I like a hell of a lot more than I do Mean Street. Harvey Keitel plays like a mob enforcer in it. Who always walks around and is obsessed with his music. This is an amazing, amazing fucking little film. That still isn't known as much as it should ha- should as have been nowadays. Nowadays, I couldn't see them getting it a good release on the Criterion or anything because of James Toback's nasty reputation nowadays because he's a rapist, no good piece of shit. But that really should not... Tisa Farrell, James Brown, Michael Gazzo, what more do you need? This is an amazing fucking movie. And a very lost movie, too. Sometimes it weeps that this one is lost, because this is one of Harvey Cartel's one of the nastiest, most soul-searing performances, which you really didn't reach again until the... To the bad lieutenant. Pretty much in the whole movie, on the verge of being a psychotic, and the only thing that cools his brain is his girlfriend and his music. And he stops being a, and he doesn't want to be in the force for the mob because it pushes him closer and closer to being a killer. Until, of course, the inevitable breakdown happens. This is one I wish to God they could get to play at Central. This is an amazing, amazing fucking movie. I've said amazing about 20 fucking times, but it is really that damn good. It's a dark, bleak, and very heartbreaking movie. Should see it. Of oh, the living zombies. Oh, God, no. This, we talked about this on the Drive-In Arama show. This is one of the few movies that uh, over 50% of the audience, this is one of the movies that gave us, gave us the term asshole slot because. This was the last one. This film isn't worth the dog's asshole, and over 60% of the audience left. So thus asshole slot. This is a horrid piece of shit. Some people like it just because it has the guy who played the cemetery zombie, Bill Hensman. Bill Hensman was the nicest guy you could ever meet. And a pure sweetheart. But that still doesn't mean this movie isn't a piece of shit. No one can stop this movie from being a piece of cat shit, dog shit, bat shit, rat shit, shitty shit. He's 24 a little bit after Night of the Living Dead, and it's basically the same God-dang film. Only thing is, is it has... This is where Hensman started the thing as the first zombie is the uber-zombie. The most powerful of these zombies. I love him, but good God... Oh, and here's one, all of us who love the USA channel in the freaking 80s. If you watched Up All Night or Saturday Nightmares, you have watched The Children. This is the one where the children's fingernails turn black, and if they turn you, touch you, you turn to ash. And then only way to kill these little bastards is to cut their hands off. And it rips off Friday the Thirteenth music. It's a na- it's a good, it's a nasty little exploitation film, and I love it. And there's like a oh, shit. The amount of nostalgia this movie has is just insane. The the Saturday nights with a big ass bowl of popcorn, watching Saturday Nightmares, waiting for Night Flight to come on. And you would either get uh the Hammer House of Horror uh Zombie Nightmare, or a few more, or the children. It's like they had a locked on contract they had to show this at least two or three times a year, and by God, we watched it every time because we loved this goofy piece of sh movie. This is good goofy, not bad goofy like the one that came before it. We love the children. Thank you, Max Kalimankiewicz. Kalimankiewicz. but uh, Dr. Frankenstein on campus. This is one I've only heard about but never seen. I don't even know. I had to go online and see what the hell this is about. This is about Dr. Frankenstein. This is another one where where Dr. Frankenstein gives everyone LSD and turns them into orgiastic, orgiasticers. Methinks the trailer might be better than the movie because this is another old fart getting everybody stoned and screwing all the young girls movies. Which, being an old fart, I kind of warmed up to the idea nowadays more than I did when I was younger. When I was a kid, it was like, oh my god, they're taking advantage of the youth. Nowadays, I'm like, hey, let me write this down. That's what happens when you get old and you. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Oh, my.
1: And this one has a unique twist at the end of the movie, too, which I'm not going to reveal, but that's the biggest one of the bigger reasons I wanna see that I ever track this insane piece of crap down. Look at this. He's a cool motherfucker, but he's been fencing and all that. Lighthouse. Typical 60s music. and Ooh, a Red Band All right, rated That means it's going to have dirty stuff. Oh, God, another something weird video special. Dracula Blows His Cool, which was teamed with Dracula the Dirty Old Man. Boobies! And I want that Superman shirt. To an R rating. Sorry, I just don't have much to say about this. This is just another of the soft core porn Dracula movie. Monster!
0: Ah! This
1: is another one in the Boggy Creek Exploitation category. When Boggy Creek was pretty big in the drive-ins, you would see all sorts of creatures from Black Lake, from Hollow Mountain, this creature from there, uh, Night of the Demons.
0: Damn,
1: Bigfoot don't fuck around in this one. Boom! Yeah, and they'd always make them PG for the family crowd, so the kids could see this giant Bigfoot come fuck shit up. Goliathon! Tons! Don, Don. Anytime a movie ends with Don, you gotta have three or four Don, thon, Don, thon, Don's on it. One group of amazing white hunters.
0: Ah!
1: Holy crap, a female Tarzan! Hey! And it looks to me like a tiger duck. Like, hey, let me go, motherfucker! Shit! That poor tiger. This is another King Kong exploitation film. Except this one has a female King Kong who gets horny for Carl Denham. And asshole animals. Instead of an asshole gorilla, we got asshole animals.
0: Save the hat! Save the hat!
1: don't get to see Goliathon's boobies. Yes, my big old monkey boobies. You don't get to see no monkey boobies. I don't know if that's fair or not, but hey, it's probably cheap monkey suit boobies, so. On. Um, Goliathon, and, and it's done by the Shaw Brothers. The same ones who did mighty Peking Man. The One-Armed Executioner, Franco, this is one of the best Filipino action films you can get, Executioner, Franco Guerrero, as a one-armed ass kicker, he was a two-armed ass kicker with a beautiful wife. But then they cut off his arm and killed his woman. And now he's the one-armed executioner. Yeah, he learns gun-fu. And he'll throw a damn grenade and wear a cool-ass leather jacket. Well, they got some cool-ass blue jean jackets, so I ain't complaining. And being Philippine stunt man, you can just pretty much bet they're like stand there until after the fire bites you in the ass and then jump and they're like,
0: Okay, boss
1: And they're dinking in the shower. We're dinking in the shower. Executioner. Well, some of the best damn stunts in Filipino action film history. This one is just damn good and fun. Bobby Suarez. If it says Bobby Suarez, it must be good. Oh, my favorite kind of vengeance.
0: Naked vengeance.
1: Another i spin on your grave exploitation film where the woman gets raped and then she gets even. That's the whole plot of 99.9% of these movies. It's just how brutal that, and how most of these films, especially the modern ones, really screw up is that the amount of violence perpetrated has to be equal to the amount of violence done. Because if you have them do too much violence and her just gives them a dink of violence, it doesn't seem right. And if they just beat her and she ends up castrating and just cutting them in 44 pieces, it doesn't seem right, you want to make them the monsters and make her vengeance equal to the amount of violence she gives, that they give her. Like right here, at the first he points a the gun there and he says, do you know how this thing works? And then at the end it has her pointing a gun to the same guy who said that to her and says the same line. It's equal and we can enjoy the vengeance. Oh God! Is this what I think it is? Oh God, no, not Food of the Gods too. Talk about a sequel! It's like twenty years too late. The original Night of the Li- Night of oh.
2: <laughs>
1: Food of the Gods came out in nineteen seventy three seventy four. The freaking sequel did not come out to nineteen eighty six nineteen eighty seven, but at least with the second one you got uh the rats doing underwater dancing. It was smart enough to realize it was stupid. Right. This is a nasty, sleazy little misogynistic film that says, Hey, let's take uh Susan George and torture her for ninety minutes. This is a this is a ugly, nasty little film where basically the whole film is, Hey, let's like I said, let's torture hum- uh Susan George for ninety minutes by Have her tortured by a psycho that thinks she's his wife. And it's sad because Ian, Brandon, and her put in some good performances. It's just that, it's just mean, too mean. 1976 Jack the Ripper by Jess Franco. And there is a the very, very gorgeous Lena Romay. They knew the best part of the film was Lena Romay singing a song, so 90% of the trailer is this. Kinski is Jack the Ripper. One of uh Jess Franco's more beloved films. And one of his more straight up uh gore films. Another one of his uh awful Doctor Orloff films. amount of uh Dr. Orloff type ripoffs and stuff that Franco did is astounding. That's one of the nastier parts of the movie where he lances someone's infected uh, pustule on his arm. Watch this because this is such a good trailer for a good movie. This is another one of those. Oh, well, if you like Jess Franco, you're going to love Jack the Ripper. If you don't like Jess Franco, I don't know how you'll take it, but that goes with most. Ooh, a new line picture. What is this? Oh, God. Non-sploitation. The, annihilator, the Annihilators. This is one of the non vets come back to a sleazy city and they decide to clean it up. Because the cops are weak and the politicians are corrupt. They need real justice. These are the only solution. Crime is the problem. They are the solution. This is pretty much a this is much, much a R rated gory A team. It even has a big ass A on the Annihilators, too. Kill, 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 kill. This is another 70s. We're going back to the roots, to the Pakistanis. And this Romaine Gary is the same guy who wrote the book White Dog, which Sam Fuller based his movie off of. Real manly 70s film where he goes back to the Evil, so, evil foreigners who are making drugs for our kids. And he looks like a goddamn wolf man who's one inch from fucking turning into a werewolf. Jean oh, hey. Gene Seberg. That's his wife. The woman who found the white dog. James Mason.
0: Kill, kill, kill. (laughs) Yay, it's over.
1: Sands of the Kalahari. Is this another one of those type of... Oh, this is another Flight of the Phoenix ripoff. Except with James Stewart, we got bugs pooping all over the window and them crashing.
0: Come on, buddy. Let's fuck their engines up. For them middle of the Take it like a bug, you son of a bitch. Ah! Yeah! Fuck them!
1: Stuart Whitman, Stanley Baker, Susanna York, Theodore Backell. Be- oh, shit, this is a Psycho Monkey movie. All right.
0: Yeah.
1: Nothing better than a Psycho Monkey movie. Always in these sand movies the the white folks all except for the women's always end up in the shirtless in the middle of the desert, so they're gonna get burnt to shit a vicious gam spot <laughs> I love it. a gazelle and the damn thing. And just fucking them up. You gotta have a woman because you gotta have a reason for the other white men to fight besides homosexuality. And one of those, and those booby punches that come from like five miles away. Wrench. No, this is one of her best roles. This is about a white boy who run a run for killing someone in a fight who gets caught by jungle savages. And ends up being acclimated to their lives. Like I say, complete man called horse ripoff. And just as good, if you ask me. Yeah, that monkey called him an asshole. Yes, that's some of the most beautiful locations they can find. There's none of the sleazy muddiness type stuff you usually see in these movies. This is beautiful country. They gotta they gotta have one scene like this, you know, motherfucker. With the cannibalism and stuff so they could just stay there. And this is the romance ritual where you got to know your woman by her body. And this is, well, this is from later in the film when he becomes one of the tribe and becomes the alpha male. Ow. Ow. I don't know why they call this Sacrifice. I mean, Man from Deep River is a better title. The games that uh,
0: schoolgirls
1: play. Oh, get the kids out of the room. We got some porn here, folks. This is another one of those German New Day films. Do you know what the games schoolgirls play? This is the 60s where Sex is good And with that continental music Jesus, she gonna knock the shit out of somebody If she don't quit that stuff Oh Hit the flowers She's screwing an egg Jesus Uh Uh-oh, what's that dog doing there? Why are you burying your mother and father like that? The first innocent touch of love.
0: Oh, I love you so much
1: to the drug-filled orgies of the new slave. Grandma, why are you kids staying up there? Boingy, boingy, boingy. In those boots. I don't know why, but seeing the girls screwing those sixty boots like that is just always just damn die high. Yay. yay oh God, toilet paper! No, it's wasting toilet paper. And every man in these movies, every manly man, has chest hairier than a than a grizzly bear. And yes, I do mean it in that way. Where are your daughters tonight? Mine's right here snoring. The college girl murders. Creamy from Edgar Wallace. The Edgar Wallace movies were insanely popular, the creamy films. As a matter of fact, they pretty much inspired the Jalos which we all know and love. It's just that we've never had many good DVD or video representations of the films in the USA. If If you always had a... Region free Blu-ray or DVD player, you could get some very beautiful, very amazing Edgar Wallace sets.
0: But
1: not in the USA. These were always mysteries and stuff. I loved it. I mean, just look at that image of the red guy in the, sort of like the Ku Klux Klan robe with that white lip whip that just stands out in the dark. This was taken from the book The Red Monk. This was done in the Pajama Girl case, uh, The Curse of the Red Monk. There's probably a couple more we re- it was uh, titles that was done under but I am no Troy Howarth or any of the other uh creamy fans that are out there. Rock gator. and see if you can track it down.
0: Beyond
1: and Back.
0: Oh, oh, my beloved sun classic pictures. Oh, sun
1: classics. How I love the the staple of southern drive-ins. You would get all these Goonie documentaries like, uh, this is Beyond and Back. This is the one about where people die and come back after the urge, after death, to see what they see. And it's always the,
0: I seen the bright light at the end of the
1: tunnel, and it was beckoning to me. But then at the last moment, something told me, turn around. Go back,
0: it is not your time yet.
1: None of the motherfuckers, they said, I've seen a big ass pit full of fire and brimstone and demons. And they said, get your ass down here and burn, motherfucker. And I was like, fuck you. And turned around and ran away. It's always the guys who went to heaven that always in this. Sun classics were very heavy into the religious documentaries they did in search of Noah's Ark, in search of uh, classic Jesus, uh, here and back. For some reason, I always, even as a kid, I always ate any Sun classic thing up like candy. The Sturley Newmitcher, Beyond and Back. Look as Stephen on Keel. He jumped off the side of his bed and landed and busted his neck. He was dead for a complete 42 years. But then he came back. Why? Who knows? He was underground by the time he came back, so no one knew, and he died within five minutes. Yes, the whole thing. All of these were pretty much guaranteed. The religious films were shipped to the family. That and... uh, Getting a flea off. Kiss my butt. What's next? Black Fist. One of the smaller black exploitation films out of there. Black Fist, 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 I forgot, this is Lauren Hilton Jacobs, the guy who ended up starring in Welcome Back Carter, they gave him a chance, and this is a bare knuckle brawling film. The bare-knuckle brawling at its toughest and worst. And Dabney Coleman is the evil white guy. Just think about that, folks. Dabney freaking Coleman is the evil white guy. And... do in my life is not have to kiss Whitey's ass They killed his wife, and they killed his brother-in-law. Now he's killing the shit out of them. This is a typical big black hood trying to do well, but the man wouldn't let him. So he ends up killing the shit out of the man movie. Don't you look at me that way. I can do this if I want to. I'm a Oh shit, Philip Michael Thomas.
0: Damn.
1: Lawrence Hilton Jacobs. Philip Michael Thomas. Dabby D. Coleman. Damn. What is this? Penitentiary 2, the one that supposedly has the cameo by Rudy Ray Moore in it. But good God, is Ernie Hudson the devil in this movie. I love it. He, not Penitentiary 2. This is the sequel to Penitentiary. It's not as good or brutal as the first one, but... Whenever Ernie Hudson's on the screen, it just gets mean as shit, and that's when it gets good. And Mr. T... reason, it makes no damn sense, he ends up back in the penitentiary with the exact same ending as the first one, except to have Mr. T with the magic genie lamp, it's a good movie, it makes no fucking sense, but it's a good movie, not as good as penitentiary one and three, three, damn, if you ever get a chance to see that one, you should, that one's fucking great. But any knock a film is good. Dog tags. Another Italian, when you get into Italian Vietnam exploitation films, you get into some bloody, nasty, violently, violent, gory, over-the-top shit. And it's a good thing. Any chance you get to see any of these, and you like your sleaze, watch them. They're just good. Just filmed in the Philippines is just brutal, nasty, sleazy epics. Everyone I've seen, I love. Like Robin Bougie's uh, Beloved Tunnel Rats. That one is just fucking awesome. Look at that shit, I mean, all these goddamn crazy ass booby traps See what I mean? just just damn. but it's nasty I mean, this is a, I mean, there's just no way to describe these movies besides nasty, brutal shit. I'm just looking at the sheer amount of action and brutality, and this is just, my jaw's on the damn floor. Dogs. dog tags, yeah, ah, Nightmare, this movie is controversial, not for the reason you would think of, it's because, they put a big ass sticker in this movie when it first came out said, bigger than the whole cast and everything, saying, Effects by Tom Savini. And he did assist in the effects, but he didn't do any of the damn effects in the movie. So he sued the ass off. And plus, this is a nasty, brutal... Uh, here we go, the man who terrified and kind of special effects director Tom Savini. They made it seem like he's the damn director of this movie. And this is not just a nasty, brutal, misogynistic, psycho uh, Italian psycho slasher film, and this is truly a nasty, brutal, misogynistic little movie, and this little kid just goes nuts. I mean, just damn. Crazy batshit weird little film is one of my favorites. This is the one where they end the movie with a possessed witch who just wants to cut, kill the shit out of all of them in very inventive and in, in cruel, cruel ways. This is, I mean, one guy see gets his head cooked in a one guy gets his head cooked in a microwave, one guy gets played pinball in a dang thing. One guy right here gets a fucking buzzsaw blade to the chest. This is just beautiful 80s over-the-top insanity. even got Brother Theodore, I mean, it's just nasty, gory, brutal, this is what I call a meat movie, because all the people in the movie are there just to be meat, just to be like ground meat, like getting a steak through the middle of their head,
2: (laughs) this movie is
1: more fun than the trailer makes it out to be. Superstition is just fun, fun trash.
0: Believed,
1: <sighs> Andy Warhol Frankenstein, AKA You Haven't Lived. Unless you fuck Death through the gallbladder. Yes, Paul Morrissey directed a couple of 2 a back-to-back series of films, which was Flesh for Frankenstein and Blood for Dracula. In 3D. When they were released over here, which pissed off Paul Morrissey to no end, they were called... Andy Warhol's Frankenstein and Dracula. Now, of course, Andy was willing to take the fucking credit. But these are two of the best Frankenstein and Dracula movies you're ever going to see. And Udo Kier just tears it up in both films. Well, of course, the famous line, you haven't lived until you fuck death in the gallbladder. Why the gallbladder? I don't know, but hey, it's his movie, not mine. Coming soon, a landabotic film's release. When they originally came out, it was 21st Century. And speaking of very obscure, this is one that me and Carl have been wanking off on for the past four years Home Bodies about a group of old people about to be gentrified out of their apartment building, but they're not going down without a fight. And so they ended up killing a lot of motherfuckers. This is one of those trailers. Remember I said it the first where we wouldn't go see a trailer because of the movie? Well, this is one of them, because they portray this movie as a goofy fucking comedy. And this is a dark, nasty little movie, which is why we love it so much. It's dark, it's nasty, it's creepy. But they betray it as... Creepy comedy, which it damn sure isn't. This is definitely one... A nasty fucking little gem. Which if you ever, 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 ever get a chance. And this trailer right here with all the lines and scratches is the best I've seen the damn film look. Even my bootleg bootleg copy looks like shit. That's what been the biggest problem about getting this movie out is there isn't a good copy of it out there. This, the Alpha Incident, this is one that Vinegar Syndrome put out, and this is a pretty damn good little uh, film like uh, The Andromeda Strain with four or five people trapped in a little house because of uh, illness. It's a dark, claustrophobic little sci-fi thriller, and it's good, better than you would think. Judge George Buckflower. This is a nasty, beautiful, claustrophobic little sci-fi film. Which, if you ever get a chance to see it, I recommend it. It's a lot darker than you would think it would be. It's like a cross between the Adamas strain and the Crazies.
2: Incident, incident, Oh,
1: God, mutant. of this show. Oh, Lord, Charles Band. This was done by Jim Wynorski, I think. And this, for some reason, this has a cult following to it. Cameron Mitchell. Can the pretty women escape? Can we blow a lot of shit up for no money at all in our budget? Watch Mutant War. Mutant War. And next is one of the most kitchen sink... Everything but the kitchen sink... And the neighbor's kitchen sink, and a couple of things is in there. And that will be Eliminators. It has everything. Robots, ninjas, Indiana Jones Man manboard. Through fucking pine. Uh, a ninja cavemen. This movie has everything an eighties growing boy would want. Mandroids, ninjas, cavemen. Robots, cavemen. Travel Roman Gladiators. Hell, it's easier to say what this movie don't have than what it
0: has. (laughs) This is
1: just fun. Especially if you're a teenage boy around 10 to 12 and all you want is roll. God, no. Please, God, no. I'm sorry, but this is undoubtedly the worst fucking movie Shokasugi ever did, period. I know Nine Deaths of the Ninja has a lot of defenders. But then there's a lot of people that defend the smell of poop, too. Doesn't mean I like it, and doesn't mean it's good, it means it's crap. I mean, you got, look, Shokasugi and lollipops, a gay, greasy, Nazi mother, father, a giant Indian guy for no other reason. This movie hurt watching it, because I loved Shokasugi up to this. Nine Deaths of the Ninja, and if he knows that cover, it has nothing to do with the fucking movie. Stoner. I love it. This is the film that uh, da, 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 the guy who was James Bond in Mastery Secret Service, George Lazingby was in after that. He played an anti-drug agent called Stoner. Prime Australian exploitation crap. Stoner. At least Australian... Ass exploitation, we'll do it boobies. And it had Angela Mao in it too, so yay! When it comes to ass whipping and women in the 70s, you didn't get better than Angela Mao. Golden Harvest, Stoner. Raymond Chow. You gotta have Angela Mao and Drag beating the shit out of men. That's that that's how you get asses in the seat, people. Center Stoner. Oh. Next the next victim. Is this a Jalo? I forget. Once I see who stars in it I know who's in. That's it. Yeah, Edward Fran Edward Frant. Oh shit. I know what this
0: is. This is a strange voice of Mrs. Ward.
1: This is one of the best of the gialos out there that isn't done by Dario Argento. Probably Edwards French is best jallo. is it about a wife who's into some kinky kinky stuff and how it comes back to bite her in the ass.
2: The next, that's then.
1: Oh, in the early 70s at the drive-in, the pom-pom girls was a big, 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 hit. So you would get the cheerleaders, the swinging cheerleaders, the rah-rah girls, all because of the pom-pom girls was such a big hit. The best way to describe the pom-pom girls, real quick, was American Graffiti with Tits and Ass. Paranoia. This is a fucked up, great little gem. If you haven't seen it yet, this one I love. This one's good. I can't talk much about it because it some of the twists on it. Just to say that Carol Baker, all three of the stars are fucking good in it. Lou Castell, Carol Baker. This is just one of those where, I, and called that Descombs is that you got to see it. It's good. I'm not going to tell because it doesn't deserve its twist revealed until you see it. Because this is a very twisty, nasty little movie. I love it to death. It starts out as your basic continental sex film, but then gets very warped and twisty from there. And I've always loved films that take what you would consider conventional in their genre and then just twist it in all sorts of bizarre directions. You don't know where the hell you're going. It's like riding a roller coaster, tra- taped to the front of it, while blindfolded. And if you like that mix, then you'll like Paranoia, Ya, yeah, Ya. Yeah. Silent Madness, the only British 3D slasher, and it was basically cut to hell when it was released in the UK, and it became one of the UK's video nasties too, and when we finally got it out over here, it truly is boring as hell, it's got more on plot than its own good, Silent Madness, this is not a good slasher. This has every element of a good slasher, but it isn't. Even in 3D, this movie is kind of boring. Even uncut, this movie is kind of boring. You can just tell, even watching uncut, that this movie was shot for an R rating. Rating. I mean, there's so much fucking plot. Crazy guy gets released because they screw up the paperwork, and then when the one, when his doctor goes to try to find him, she uh, the the head doctor sends out two more people to find her, but to kill her and him. Oof. Oh God, no! Oh God, no! The worst Halloween exploitation film ever made, and I have seen a lot. Even though this movie has David Carradine. This was directed by Gary Carver, a close friend of uh, Orson Welles, which is why he was able to get David Carradine. The Gary Garvin New Horse and Wells. This movie is a piece of shit. There's just no other way to slice it. Oh, now, this one is fucking great. one of the best slashers you've never fucking seen rituals. Easy it is to see nowadays. I don't know if it's having a legit DVD or DVD or Blu-ray or not, but The Creeper, aka Rituals, is one of the best, creepiest survival fucking horror films you'll ever get. Rituals is a must see. Richard Holbrook, whole Richard Dane, Robin Gamel—it's just good. Oh, Seizure! This is one Carl will be drooling at because it's got his girls in it. Oliver Stone's first film with Herve Villages. Jonathan Freed. This is in French. I don't know what the hell they're saying. They could be saying that you're an asshole for watching this, but no...
2: This one has one of
1: the cast of Carl Kafer's dreams. Uh, Mary Warnoff, uh, Herve Villachez, Martina Beswick is the bad guys. And yes, this is a movie where Herve Villachez had a three-way with uh, Martina Beswick and Mary Warnoff.
2: Lucky bastard.
1: This one, Bartina Baswick, a giant black guy, and herve Villachez just show up to the house out of the blue and just start torturing people. It's very messed up. I like it. But if you ask Oliver Stone, he'll say it's a piece of shit. But he's wrong. And there she is, the one, the only, Martina (laughs) Basilic. This is one of the first movies to really state in stone that Hervey Vilchez is a pimp. What is this? Iron Master, the best movie with George Eastman wearing a lion's head wearing a lion's head on his head while swinging a sword around See, yeah, George, he's on the lion head on there. This is just perfect 80s Italian. been taken through the fire With that evil look on his face That's just a damn hell of a look Oh god no or One of Jean-Claude Van Damme's First films Where he fights guys In a fucking high school gym or Jason Stilwell Can't fight worth a crap. So Bruce Lee shows up to his house and teaches him Kung Fu. (laughs) <laughs> You're good, I get better. No retreat, no surrender. Most Some people like it, I think it's shit, but that's just me. Oh, God. Knights of the City with Danny Terrio. The first rap action kung fu musical. This movie is so 80s that it hurts. This has everything bad about mid-80s pop culture. With Leon Isaac Kennedy in in a de Barge hairdo, You know, Anthony K. Kennedy looking like a low rent Shabadoo Quinn. <laughs> Shabadoo Quinn. <laughs> oh God, this movie was horrible when I watched it first, and I love it because it's so horrible. <laughs> the Fat Boys, Kumo D. K. C. Smokey Robinson. They spent more money on the fucking soundtrack to this movie than they did the movie. Oh, we're in the only spaghetti western in this bad boy. And we're getting pretty close to the end here. The Legend of Frenchie King. Oh, yeah, Bridget Bardot and... They ain't, and it has Bridget Bardot and I forget who else, we'll see in a second, as two badass outlaw ladies. That ain't the most fucked up part. Michael J. Pollard is a sheriff, and the hero is, (coughs) well, fucked up part of this fucking
0: movie.
1: (laughs) Bridget Bardot and Claudia Cardinale, my bad. (laughs)
0: Michael <laughs> get
1: to go this trailer, but everyone who has seen it says that the movie doesn't live at the trailer, and that would be the farmer. This looks like a farmer who goes, well, if he goes this, a farmer goes back to his farm and tries to live the good old days, but then the man comes to take away his farm, So he becomes a hitman for the mob and gets caught in a whole lord, whole world of shit. Which I want to see if it's as bad as they say it is. But I just like it as is. But I love my own action shit, because the action in this movie just looks brutal as hell. Look at this shit, painting the bullets with potassium cyanide. This is damn. And we just get to see here shooting the shit out of everything. Col Red started out, this was one of the most wanted titles that they were supposed to put out, and we wanted to. But for some reason, they never did, and it never really has popped up again. So, somebody please put out The Farmer. Uh-oh, Smokey and the band Exploitation. Next we got Smokey and the Good Time Outlaws. Oh, my... Country redneck hick exploitation. Oh, my God. This is what was selling at the drive-in in in the late... In the post-1975. All these redneck beer joint... Shit-kicking movies. But they made a lot of money for a lot of motherfuckers... This is really was the last gas for the drive-in and southern exploitation. So these do have their place. Of course, this has one of the greats in it. Well, two of the greats. I mean, this is just a basic two good old boys car crashes. Slim Pickens is the evil sheriff. This guy was on hee-haw. Slim Pickens. That's all of these Two good old boys on their way to being somebody always end up in trouble with two wild women or something. That's the basic Smokey and the Bandit formula. A good time out all. Oh, I was I'm sorry, I'd love to see this, even if it's just for Dennis Fremple here. Damn it, this is my kind of southern redneck shit they don't make anymore. And it's kinda of goddamn hard to get on D V D. Just like I'd love to get the Moon Runners on D V D I know uh, Praying by Joe Don Baker's out, but there's just so much of this redneck shit that ain't out there that I would love to fucking watch, man. Give me more redneck shit, please. I mean, look at this. On my wall, I got Drive-In, a movie about a redneck southern te- Texas drive-in. And on my other wall, I got Moonshine County Express. With uh, John Saxon as a moonshine runner. If that doesn't show where my heart is, I don't know what the hell does. Lay down. And next is another one. Smokey and the Hotwire Gang. Yeah, all these movies had Smokey in them. And Girls with Big Boobs. This is about two CD girls... Hustlers who, well, we we had we had a lot of them back then down south. Where if you was a trucker on the road, you just get on there and look for one of these girls. And if their van and things were close to you, well, you could get yourself a little good time. And that's all I'll say about that. Okay. Yeah, this is your basic kits and ass with a road runner, and James fucking Keach. <laughs> I think I've seen this under Hotwire. Its the original title. Oh, The Demon Lover. A movie that's more known for its fucking documentary than its fucking movie itself. The movie itself is just some bizarre 70s shit with a Frank Zappa clone in it. It's not a good movie. It's a start, but the documentary itself where Donald G. Jackson's a soon-to-be ex-wife made a hit piece of a documentary saying that he was uh, a drug-running, abusive piece of shit who treated everyone on the set like crap and all that, has become more famous than the movie itself, which is your basic 70s Manson-esque, Satan-esque crap with a guy in a demon suit. It's not that bad. Yeah, and Gunnar Hansen in it. It's not a good movie but it's worth seeing. Oh no, they phrase that by getting shot in the dick. And the names of the people was like uh Frazetta, uh Crumb named after comic book and directors. Kill your ass too
0: Just on
1: Bunga Don't mess with me And the demon With two swords With two sides Motherfucker I kill your ass Yes the movie's As goofy as the trailer Makes it out to be And that's why it's good And you've just Basically seen The end of the damn movie I hope you enjoyed The demon Lover. I'll come back to kick
0: your
1: ass later. Next is one of the best underrated films of the 70s and one of the worst films of the 70s. Michael Pataki in Grave of the Vampire. This is oh no this is uh, this, this this diabolic wedding and legend of horror this is diabolic wedding is a Mexican film, and I think it's the one that unofficially adapts uh reanimator <laughs> Oh, this is another one where all the killings are done in stop motion. It's very bizarre. It's another one I like to see just to see if it's as bizarre as it seems. As you can see, it's got that bizarre stop motion. Both very weird films which I would like to see. Now, here we go with Grave of the Vampire, one of the most underrated vampire films of the 70s. Everyone who sees this loves this, and you need to see it. Grave of the Vampire. And Garden of the Dead, well, if you see this, and you get a chance to see it run like hell, it's bad. This has Michael... Bataki and the man himself, William Smith. Big Bill is another vampire. In a (laughs) bitty. Grave of the Vampire is a very unique film. It's about a woman who gets bit by a vampire and gets pregnant then has to take care of her baby who's half vampire who turns into Big William Smith and then hunts down her dad hunts down his father, William Pataki, in a college setting. In the movie, right there, and really sets it off is that she takes out her own blood and she feeds it blood in a bottle. I'm going to watch here to showing them basically the end shot of the movie, but it's still one of the most perverse and nasty parts of the movie. And another thing that makes it really set out, and I love it. <laughs> if the sign of that of blood, nursing on human blood will make you sick, do not see this explicitly, gruesomely explicit horror film. Grave of the vampire, pyre, 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 pyre. Just I say it one time? Fire, fire, fire. Garden of the Dead. A low-rent piece of shit Romero zombie rip-off. About a bunch of prisoners killed because they're making drugs, and the drugs seep into the soil, so when the guys come, they come back from the dead. It's less than an hour, and it seems like four. And they're perverts. And they got the alka their Mouth. Grave
0: of the Vampire.
1: Garden of the Dead. N2D. We're almost to the end of this. Hell Hunters. More... Is this more non-exploitation? Or is this uh, the... I think this is the bizarre Nazi exploitation film that, uh, Franco did. Yeah, Commando's going to kill the Nazis in 1980. Yeah, let's bitch slap somebody but not even touch them. Hey, princess.
2: They
1: ain't doing shit. I'm trying. Ow, 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 don't bite. It's almost over. Shut up.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, he's got evil eyebrows, people. There's Candice Daly. Oh, he's going for the booby. Yeah, do the thing you might live, and look at her fighting like a motherfucker. Some role model. This is another WIP film set that has Nazis in it. Real Nazis and not Nazi-esting bastards. Tommy Lee Wallace is no hunters. I have to look more up on that, but yeah. Jungle Wolf Two Return Fire. Oh God, it's got a pissed off Adam Weston. and holy shit! Look at the guns. This is a this is Donald Trump's bedside. Well, the NRA's bad side. Oh God, my dick is small, my dick is small.
0: No, it's
1: not. Lynn O'Brien, Ty Randolph. Uh oh, four wheeler foo The term fire. cocaine, food of choice in the 80s, Jesus, there's a lot of explosions on this trailer with a goofy looking guy running from him. And now we're at the last trailer of this, Captain Apache. Oh, my God. The most racially insensitive movie that, uh... Well, let's not even get past the fact that this is the Lee Van Cleef dressed as a frickin' Apache. Let's get into more in fact that this is just a crappy, boring-ass spaghetti western that takes away everything cool that fucking makes Lee Van Cleef B. Van Cleef and puts it in a goddamn movie, and takes a 50-year-old man and tries to make him a 30-year-old Apache. Come the cop Apache. There are so many things wrong about this movie that being culturally insensitive is... Only a part of it, and that people is why you don't fuck with someone when you're they're standing next to the edge and you're not. Oh, shit, had bitch slap from hell. I'm going to do you like that. Look at these motherfuckers are shooting up in the fucking air. Harold Baker, oh, God. Stuart Whitman, wondering why the hell he's here. They call me Captain Apache. You're Dan again, son of a bitch. Dracula's dog. Be prepared for scary vampire puppies. And our last stop before we hit Louisville on Thursday. Thank you very much, and help you having a happy Halloween. I am too. Good night, everybody.